podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi guys, it's Tino here, host of the Celtic Exchange. We mentioned yesterday that for a very limited time, we're making our match day content free to non-subscribers, and so you can now enjoy the post-match show from today's 6-1 Hammer of Hibs completely free here at the moment. A pretty enjoyable half hour or so between myself, James and Miff, so let us know what you think of this one over on our Twitter page, at Exchange, particularly if you enjoy the episode. If you haven't yet signed up for our match content and want to enjoy that on a regular basis, then you can do so at theceltichexchange.supercast.com and if you've got any other questions at all, just drop me a note on tino at theceltichexchange.com. But in the meantime, enjoy this final whistle episode from today's Jamesy Forrest Show. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hi folks, Tino here with the Final Whistle Show on an afternoon where Celtic took six off a third-placed Hibs at Celtic Park. I'm joined here for this one by both James and Miff. Miff, I'll come to you first. That was a bit more like it, wasn't it? Hi, Tino. Hi, James. Hi, listeners. Yes, it certainly was. Um, A welcome return to form. Short and sweet. James, great to see a a product of Celtic Youth Academy prove a a lot of people wrong with a goal-scoring performance today, wasn't it? A big, big afternoon for Becky Johnson. (laughs) He scored a cracking goal, apparently, yeah, yeah. Two Um, cracking goals. Two, right? Good to see him doing well. hope he does well and comes back a better player. Um, But for ourselves, that was, as Miff says, very welcome return of Ange Ball, flowing football. I thought we were going to give him a thousand a day. I I tipped 5-1. Uh, before the game, um, so good to see that come come to the fore. Yeah, so obviously talking about James A. Forrest, he was the man in the moment with a hat-trick, scoring these 98th, 99th and 100th goal for Celtic. A big, big achievement and, and well done to him. He's only the, the 30th player to score 100 goals for the club, so he deserves his place in the history book, Smith. Absolutely. Um, I've always been a, a huge fan. Um, the, the recent... Substitute appearances had suggested that he was um, it was sharp, and and I think history tells you that you see the best of James Forrest when he feels he's got a point to prove and he's got some genuine competition for a starting place. Um, I think what you've now seen is is a very highly motivated James Forrest. Um, he's missed the best part, of, you know, eighteen months probably. Not 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 all of it, but it was really really bitty for him. Stop start going from someone who was, you know. Fulcrum at Rogers' team and, and all the success that that had, to the, the you know the disappointment of the the twenty twenty season, the COVID season, and his injury through that and his struggles then to get back fully fit. I think he says something. I, I don't think Ange is the type of guy that's going to dish out contracts to people that are just going to be hanging about and you know sweeping the dressing room after all that all the teams left. I think Forrest. He obviously saw something still in Forrest and, and trusted that Forrest was still motivated and hungry to play a part in the team. And I think that's just came to fruition this season. I am absolutely delighted for that. I can barely remember being as happy for somebody scoring as when he scored that first goal. There was, and there was a real genuine feeling of warmth coming through the stands when he put that ball in the net for the first goal. Yeah, yeah you're a big fan and... Uh... I'm glad he got a solid reception today because he's been such a servant. He's a one-man club. I don't know what the position is regards a, a testimonial for James A. Forrest. That's just something that doesn't seem to have happened 
at least so far, and it should happen at some point, given the achievements he's had at the club. Um, obviously, that was his first league start of the season, and he's fully justified that, and we'll get to the goals just in a, a bit of detail shortly. But, James, what about the, the rest of the lineup? Obviously, Moy was a bit of a surprise, making the start. Still no start for Abelgaard. Uh, Ralston and Bernabe back in at the full wax slots, and Jack Amakis getting the nod over Kyogo. Yeah, um, you know, for, further interesting with Moy, you would assume that he's going to sit in the six, but it was O'Reilly took that up, um, and he was he was excellent in that. Um, Moy had a funny game; he did a lot of really quite excellent things, and then did a lot of walking football as well, and get dispossessed by guys coming up behind him and stuff. Um, but you know, a, a solid performance from him. Juranovic was absolutely right for the dropping after his second half performance during the week. Um, and it looks like Burnaby is starting to run Taylor close. I think Taylor's been outstanding this season. Uh, Burnaby was something different today. A fullback who can bomb forward, can beat his man. He's got a lovely touch on the ball, can cross a ball. We've got real competition in there now, and that's you know all the better for us. Yeah. Matthew, your thoughts on Burnaby and on Moy? Uh, on Moy, more good than bad. On Moy, like James rightly says, uh, I think we've just seen somebody who's slowly playing his way into some sort of his old form. Um, <clears throat> it's been fairly painful watching him get there, if I'm being honest. However, I, I think it would be remiss of me not, not to recognise that he showed today more than he's ever shown in a, in a Celtic jersey, his ability to basically just to, to retain possession in a really, really efficient way and, and, and keep the game moving forward, something that we hadn't really seen from him up to this point, if I'm being honest. We'd seen it maybe the odd occasion in flashes, but we've seen it more consistently today. Still, still a bit ponderous in the ball at times, maybe not realising just, you know, how quick um, Scottish football can be at times. Scottish football certainly evolved for the last time that, that, that Aaron Moy, Moy was in it. Um, but but over over the piece, Aaron Moy, I thought, can be very, very happy with his display today and, and has probably shown, you know, most of you know, A start at Celtic Park, I think, is the fairest way for guys who come to the club to come in and, and, and show what, what they're capable of. I think guys like Kaksabanovic and... Um, and Moy, the start of their careers were generally seen it away from home. I think that's always quite quite difficult because the, the pattern of the game is slightly different then. Um, seeing, seeing Moy play the way that he did at Celtic Park shows me that he's, wor- he's worth his place in the squad. In terms of Bernabe, just just another impressive performance. And, and, and like James says, he offers something different to Greg Taylor. Um, as Ralston does to Juranovic, by the way, um, you know, I, I would say that, that Ralston, Ralston can, can be a bit um, can be a bit inconsistent sometimes when he's on the ball but some of the things that he that he tries whilst they don't always come off when they do come off such as his ball for Abada today for, for Giacomacchi's second goal um, you know Ralston's game has improved immensely I think he's improved again this year even even since last year I think I think I can see a more just a more a more mature and um, and steady presence with, with uh, Ralston this year whereas last season he could be a bit you know in and out so for all all the guys that came in, I, th- I thought they were excellent. Um, I, I thought Burnaby, that ball for for Jacobacci's first goal oh, yeah. is absolutely sublime. And 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 I would take you know there is no bigger Greg Taylor fan than, than me. Um, I thought Taylor was excellent against Leipzig midweek. Um, I thought I, I, I don't think he's you know I don't think he's had a bad game. However, one thing that he does lack is that final ball in those killer positions. And that's two weeks in a row Burnaby set up goals at critical points in games just by sheer quality on his left side. Yeah, he seems to just have a 
just a wee bit of savvy about him going forward. He doesn't panic. He doesn't snatch at the chance, and he's quite clearly quite comfortable that high up the park. It looks like he's played in a more advanced role at his previous club at times, and I think he's just very comfy when he finds himself in that final third, and he's got the composure to roll it across. and And lo and behold, Jakimakis is there. Um, if you'd also mentioned Haksabanovic, and it'd be remiss of us not to talk about his uh, forty-five minute cameo. By all accounts, the you know the best man across the first half, despite James Forrest getting his goals. Um, he's a guy who's really hungry to prove himself here at Celtic. And spoke after the game, said that he was carrying a bit of an ankle knock pre-match, but he was just so desperate to play his part. So they were always going to bring him off, and that's proven to be the case. But James, are you pleased with how he's faring? Haksabanovic uh, is the guy. Um, a bit like Burnaby, he's, he's got that something special. Very, very comfy on the ball. Has has the ability to find his man more often than not. He can go past guys. Um, he's going to be a real revelation this year. You know, I, I think by the end of the season he'll be pushing for for Player of the Year. And he's, he's he's that good. You know, it's kind of like where we were with Jota last year and this amazing talent. We're just going to see that from Haksabanovic, but. Up there beside Jota, and maybe just having something extra special beyond Jota. I really think that. I'm excited at the prospect of somebody being up there alongside Jota because I love the Jota man. Love his bonnets as well. He's a stylish man. Um, but if, if Haksabanovic can be anywhere like that and, and even beyond, then all the better for us. So we'll get to the goals. So Celtic dominating the first half. Most pleasing thing for me about the first goal was the ball by Jens to start the move. So, you know, breaking the lines really, really well by just playing that through ball to, to Haksabanovic in the left-hand side. Matthew, you want to take us from there? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I mean, Haksabanovic had been threatening right up to that point and um, was was questioning what he would was maybe going to need to do to, to get a foul. I think probably decapitated or um, maybe a limb removed. Uh, it was probably that there was a, a succession of challenges injured on the left-hand side that, uh, Steve McLean didn't see fit to, to both for a foul of it certainly helped raise the, the, the noise levels at, at Celtic Park which I think in turn helped kind of roll the team on but um, Haxabanovich picked up on the left hand side um, and has kind of stood his man up a few times today his defence didn't really know whether to show him inside or, or show him down the line because he was shown ample ability to go left or, left or right um, he's just kind of created an angle for himself and, and fed the ball over the top and, and I have to say you know whilst James Forrest has, has scored the goal um, the, the options that we've now got when you play Jack Amakis as a striker who's got to be between the posts it creates a whole different problem for defences rather than if Kyle goes there Kyle got, Kyle got movement most likely got to be across the front <clears throat> with Jack Amakis you can see he, he's actually dragging just dragging two defenders away you know and it's creating space for others and Haxavan has just played a beautiful ball over into uh, James Forrest, who side-footed it beautifully into the side net, and I have to say, lads, beautifully. And um, I, it was it was just a lovely moment. It was it was a really lovely moment. Um, I, I can honestly say that. I, I think that that's him scored in every season he's played. Um, you know, what a record that is. I know, I know listen, I know you guys are, are, are frustrated sometimes that maybe because it contains so much ability, doesn't it often get as involved in games as he probably could and, and, and I take that I take that as a criticism I accept that with James Forrest um, however I think we're, now that we're looking at a player who's been at the club for so long and, and has consistently performed um, I don't think it is just start paddling with, with James Forrest I think you 
you look at the impact it has in games and and you have to just tip your hat to the longevity um, and the fact that now he's, he's, he's rose to the challenge of being part of Angie's team. Um, absolutely delighted for him. And a cracking goal, which I think set the tone. When we score early, we play well because we settle into a rhythm and we gain our confidence. And today, we, ju- we just managed to get that. And that goal in itself, like you mentioned, the pass for Jens, the run for Haksabanovic, the ball for Haksabanovic, finished from Forrest, it set the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah. I actually thought for that first goal, my f- correct me if I'm wrong, that when the ball comes across to Forrest at the back post, is he not just trying to cushion it back across goal for one of his fellow strikers? Have <laughs> 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 you been said that? Nah, we'll give it. He's took it very well. It's a very cool finish at the back. And you're right, um, it shouldn't go unnoticed the work that Jack Amakis does to take the, the defenders out the road. So, very nice goal when it gets Celtic motor before 10 minutes have even gone. The second goal's come in the 18th minute, so we've kind of covered it, but we find Burnaby out on the left-hand side. And it's just a great ball across goal. It's so dangerous. It's in that, you know, area where defenders don't know whether to slide in or let it run for their goalie or, or, or what to do. Go for it, Miff. So, yeah. no, you were going to use corridor uncertainty, weren't you? But I was, I was going to get the cricket back out again. I was going, going to use it, but you, you, you pulled me right. up for it the other day. And no, 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 no. You, my confidence has taken an octave on his feet, and I, no. <laughs> I didn't want to I'll, use it. Um, I'll, I'll leave this one to James, if he's, if he's not too busy there. I'll leave this one to James to describe. However, once James is finished, I would like to just pick up on very, one very small point. Okay. But on, you, on you go, James, boy. Well, I, I was just going to say this before that, James. Sorry. I was just going to say that with the ball coming in, you know, it's, it's such a dangerous ball, but again, don't underestimate the work that Jack Marcus still has to oh. do in terms of out-muscling Paul Hanlon, who's a big lad, by the way, uh, but he just he just bounces him off and he, he finds himself there with a, still a wee bit to do, but he finishes it emphatically, doesn't he? Yeah, the time the ball's at him, he looks unmarked, that's because of the work he's done shrugging off his, his defender. Um, it, it's the kind of pass, a striker like Jack Marcus is always going to love that because it's a cross, but it's it's got such great weight on it. Um, and he absolutely leathers it. <laughs> He's about three yards out, but still just leathers it into the back of the net. And it's that just, you know, as Biff says, the first goal set the tone. That one just gave you a bit of, a bit of uh, settling, let it settle down a wee bit. And it just, you know, the, the crowd, um, we knew we were in for a good afternoon at that point, you know, but two, two good players creating a great goal. Yeah. Biff? My... I was taken to um, Burnaby's reaction post goal. He was giving it the big one. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely loved it. And yeah. I suppose it's just well, for me. It was, it was right over the the north curve. Um, getting it the big one. It was. It, it really was lovely to see. Just um, again, someone else who has been delayed in being introduced. You know, Ange likes to do that. It's kind of softly, softly, um, making sure that they're up to speed in terms of fitness. But these guys justifying their place in the squad, um, you know, it, it really was a good day at the office today. And, and, and being able to see that, being able to see players begin to get it, begin to understand it, you know, really, really care passionately about getting the result. Um, yeah, it, it just makes it all the more enjoyable. I think Celtic have managed Burnaby really well. Obviously, he had his mishap a number of weeks ago, and I'm sure the club have dealt with that internally in, in terms of the discipline side of things. But they've... They've buried him in, you know, he's had wee glimpses of game time here and there and, and all of a sudden now he's been getting more and more game time. They've they've saw him as a suitable replacement for Greg Taylor when they want to rest Taylor and he's not letting anybody down and now he's a part of the team where he looks like he knows what he's doing. You know, his initial 
um, appearances. He maybe looked a wee bit at sea, but I think it's clear enough that he's he's now comfy in this team and he knows his role. Absolutely, and and again, I think um, that that's what we strive for as as a club is to have these players that can come in. Um, all the chat after the Ross County Cup game was was exactly that that it didn't really matter what what players we had out in the park that they would come in and, and fulfil that particular role. Obviously, that took a bit of a bit of a battle after the St Mirren game, but I think that can just be written off as a as a game that was just you know just one one of those games, so to speak. You know, we came up against a highly motivated opponent. We, different set of tactics and we just didn't really stand up to it. Now what we're seeing with the confidence coming back into our play um, I, I think what we can do even though the European campaign maybe hasn't went how we would have hoped in terms of results, I think we can take a lot of heart for the performances. I think the fact that we are genuinely creating good quality chances against good quality opposition is given the whole squad heart and the fact that you know if, if you're a player like Burnaby or Moy who's come in and you're saying right well I've, I've made my move to Celtic and then you see that very Celtic competing the way that they have in the European stage. You're thinking to yourself, right, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got potential to be part of something really special here. I need to prove my worth. I need to earn my crust. I need to show my, that I'm worth my place in the squad. And rather than seeing it about being disappointed that you're not in the starting 11 every single week and playing every single week, it's about you having the manager's trust that you can be called upon at any point, whether that be last 25 in a game to see it out or get as a goal or whether it's taking care of domestic business at home in a home game. And I think that, that that for me seems to be the mentality that runs right through the whole squad and that all new entrants into the squad or new purchases into the squad then show when they're when they're on the or when when they're on the park. Yeah. And I think that's what we're now starting to see from guys like Bernabe making a genuine contribution. Moy doing the same today. Hak Sabanovic, obviously still a new player at the club. And hopefully we'll also see it with guys like Abelgard and even Gucci. He was on the bench today. It was the first we've seen him for a while. Um, and it must be the case that he's not too far away from full fitness. So, yeah, I think the club have managed a lot of these new players pretty well. And they'll all have a huge part to play moving forward. So, very good to see. Um, back to the game itself. So, Celtic have made it 3-0 with a big, big hand from XL David Marshall in the 24th minute. So, the ball's broken to James Forrest in the box. I think uh, O'Reilly had a chance to get a shot away, spun into the path of Forrest. He's caught it fairly well, but you'd be expecting the goalie to deal with it. And he's not, basically, James. He's he's done his old teammate a favour, hasn't he? What's up? I'm Nick Lachey, and you're listening to Boys No More, presented by AAA Insurance. No matter what goes wrong in life, baby, we'll make it right. AAA.com slash insurance to get a quote. I mean, I would say it was very uncharacteristic uh, from Marshall, that, that kind of thing, because he's he's not got his body behind the ball when he's making the save. He's kind of saving it across to his right. It was kind of clumsy and he knows exactly what he should be doing there. And 
and didn't. Um, but we'll take it. Um, and he, he thought he'd get away with it by scooping it back out. We were up the other side of the pitch pretty much, but you could tell everyone down at that side was like, you know, that, that ball's in. And uh, it must have been the Lionel gave it because I wouldn't imagine Steve McLean would be doing so. so no, um, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, and we'll get to Stephen McLean just shortly because there's a lot of debate about his performance. But I also want to talk about Hibs. Yeah, true. I also want to talk about Hibs. They obviously came into the game in decent form. They they lost to Dundee United during the week, but they'd won four in the bounce up to that. Uh, They're obviously feeling pretty good about themselves, third place in the table. Maff, before I get into the detail of how good Celtic were or how bad Hibs were, I need to talk to you about Lee Johnson's camel coat. Magnificent. Absolutely oh. magnificent. Outstanding. I tweeted earlier on, it's when you've got Celtic Park at three o'clock, but you're meeting Arthur Daly at eight. Oh. <laughs> it's a real minder number, wasn't it? I think, I'm pretty sure the Hibs fans, you know, it's a long journey back to Leith, but I'm pretty sure they, they went home satisfied with the fact that their manager did look that good. Yeah, a stylish man. And, and, as, a, as, a, as a fellow small man, um, it's very hard to pull off certain looks. So, uh, <laughs> fair play to him. Fair enough. James, talking about Hibs, so... All they've got to show for their efforts is is one decent goal, but they go back across the M8, you know, six goals worse off or five goals worse off worse off overall. How do you think they've done? Obviously, they, they had reasonably high hopes coming into the game. What do you think they brought to the party? You know, they've got away with a 6-1 hiding there and they weren't bad, you know? It's just Celtic can really punish you um, fast when we, when we get our opportunities and we, when we click like we did today, but... It wasn't like Hibs were in absolute disarray, but still, still lost six goals. Big guy, uh, big Ewan, uh, scored an absolute peach for them. Um, but 6-1, six, 6-1 one, six, one at the end of the day, it's, it's a sore one. They maybe weren't brave enough, they weren't pressing enough, things like that. And I think Johnson came out after the game and, you know, was, was quite, not scathing, but, you know, quite critical of them that they weren't uh, chasing us down and pressing us. And, when, when we've got that space to play, we will play it and we'll be in your box in, inside five seconds, you know, and that, that's what was happening. Yeah. What do you think of how they approached the game with? Um, first half, very timid, um, standoffish, almost like, you know, they didn't know it was coming, which um, would, would be, a, you know, if you were a Hibs fan, you'd be very scathing of that because one thing you do know when you're going to Celtic Park, you know what's coming, you know the intensity and you know to try and break the play up. Interestingly enough, I think they moved to a back three second half, and I think it was definitely a more even game in terms of the way the possession um, was, was shared. I thought Hibs then possessed a threat. It, it was almost like the game became stretched. Celtic were happy to almost play that basketball type game of just, you know, we, we'll attack you, you attack us, and we'll see who scores the most goals. It wasn't like Celtic were showing up, and Hibs kind of had more of a goal, and that, that's how they get their goal. Um, and they had a few different threatening kind of occasions where they, they maybe just picked their own pass and things like that. You know, Boyle was always playing on the shoulder. He had plenty of grass to run into, so if he timed his runs correctly a few times, he may again as well. But over the piece, I think Hibs will be really disappointed because they lost the game in the first half. Um, absolutely no doubt that the ball was over the line. I was behind that goal. Um, absolutely no doubt everybody was up straight away and it was the, line, the linesman ran away with the flag down to, to give the goal. So, um, unfortunately, poor Stevie never get a chance to blow his whistle. <laughs> No, no, keep playing on, lads. Um, so, uh, no, it, it was, um, like James says, I, I, don't, I don't think you can necessarily be overly critical of Hibs. It's not like they came and, and lay down. Um, well, apart from Big Portis when he was 
running down to chase the ball in the, in the byline, then he laid down just to, to win a foul. But other than that, I, th- I think Hibs, you know, they, they weren't particularly bad. Uh, I just think they ran into us when we managed to get an early goal and then found, found a rhythm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard when you come up against a Celtic and that kind of form at Celtic Park. But what Lee Johnson will find frustrating is they've got their goal back and it's a very decent goal, very decent finish. Uh, I've clocked it at 56 minutes. And two minutes later, they can see the game. So just when you think, hold on a minute, there's a chance to put some respectability in the scoreline or per- perhaps even somehow try and conjure up a draw. There, ha- you know, there has been a pretty cheap mistake. I think it's a guy, Kenny, in the middle of the park. He's given away cheaply. It's kind of spun back off his boot, falls into the path of Moy. He's got a wee bit of work to do, but there's a very obvious through ball into James Forrest. And he finds him, James, and it's a... With the aid of a deflection, it's a tidy finish. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's kept his head down, he's picked his spot, he got the break of the ball with the deflection, but it was it was heading the right direction anyway. So no, and, and that that was you know, every single person in the stadium was delighted for, for James at that point. You know, you weren't all these goals, but to join a hundred club at Parkhead yeah, after you know what's fifth how long has he been playing first team football at Celtic? Uh, thirty two yeah. years. How long? Thirty two years. It feels like two years going on all those 32 seasons. Um, yeah, hat trick, 100 club, just brilliant. Delighted for him. So, and it, it put us back on easy street then because I think that did deflate any hope that, that Hibs had. Get, getting the goal, a good time to get the goal as well. Could have asked questions of us, but we couldn't straight up the park and scored. And that, that was absolutely game over at that point. Yeah, I think I read something that he was the. He's now become the first homegrown player since Charlie Nicholas to score 100 goals for the club. So you've obviously got loads of guys on that list, guys like you know John Hartson and Henrik Larson and stuff. But great for James Forrest. And if his career ended tomorrow, you know he could be extremely proud of, of what he's achieved. And listen, there's still more to come from him. So great to see, and he deserves a match ball today. Um, there's been a, a raft of subs not long after James scored that goal. So Abada, Abielgaard, and slightly later, uh, Kyogo have come on in place of James Forrest, Matt O'Reilly and Rayo Hattati. But for about Abelgard, we're obviously waiting to see what kind of impact he's going to have on things and the game's very much done by the time he comes into the fray, but how do you think he showed up? Uh, I, I, would like, I, I would like to see his contract, guy. I think he's getting paid by the tackle. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> oh, I think he tackled McLean at one point. He was, oh, he was flying into everything. He just came yeah. on. He just decided today is the day of the the lunge. Um, it was and sometimes it did work out. Some, sometimes he was actually lunging so fervently he was getting past the player that he was aiming for. But um, 10 out of 10 for enthusiasm. Uh, I think you can see, you know, he's still probably needing a wee bit of WD-40. He's still creating a wee bit um, in terms of still looking a wee bit stiff. I still think he can, he can loosen up a wee bit. He's maybe just got a wee bit of fitness to work on. I think I do think we've got somebody a very capable number six, so to speak, um, there. By the way, he looks to play the game. He's not really too interested in doing mazes or crossfield switches or anything like that. He looks like he wants to play within that sort of centre circle, break up play and give it to people that are better footballers than him. So I think um, any team appreciates players like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, James, I'd also mentioned there that Kyogo comes on at that point and... The wee man just kind of by a goal at this moment in time. He's been very unlucky uh, with an effort off the post. But I think that's now oh, one very. goal in nine. Is it as long as that, aye. Um, he, he definitely deserved one today. You know, he, he took a, a bit of a kick in the day as well. 
There's one I want to see in particular when him and him and Abada combine well just inside our half, and he he be looking to go up the park with Abada and he get absolutely flattened, uh, no foul given, no cards given, nothing. So he took a bit of a doing today, um, and players do know that being physical with Kyogo yields them results. So we, where's the rest of our team to be physical back, you know, and, and help Kyogo out in, in that regard? Um, unlucky not to get his goal today, but. Yeah, he did, he did a decent enough performance making one. Yeah. Um, Jack Amakis has added his second in the 73rd minute. So, Miff, you mentioned it earlier on. It's a really, really good ball inside the right-hand channel by Tony Ralston. Abada's on the end of it. And he shows a bit of composure where at times he's maybe snatched at things. He's smart enough to cut it back and it's right in the path of Jack Amakis. Again, he's become a, a wee bit fortunate with the, the deflection. But as a striker, your job's there to get it alone on target. And he's done his job to, to round up his afternoon. Uh, absolutely. Excellent for Alston, excellent for Abada. It was a real mixed bag for Abada when he came on. You know, a, a typical Abada performance, I would say. You know, moments of absolute brilliance and moments of, you know, you get your head in your hands wondering why, why the hell have you done that? But um, the pace that Abada shown, the desire that he showed to get on the ball after previously just making a kind of error, um, he didn't know really whether to shoot or cross and he's ended up blowing one over. Um, but actually, for the goal, he, he's showed blistering pace to get on the end of Ralston's excellent pass but he's then also showed composure with the cutback that's allowed Giacomacchus to take the ball in his stride which is key for a for a striker arriving in the box being able to take the ball in your stride means you'll get a much higher percentage of being able to hit the target or, or score um, and that's exactly what happened I agree with you, you know, slightly lucky with the deflection but it, no more than, than Celtic deserved for the pressure that they exerted at that time. Um, in reference to Kyogo, if I can just quickly touch on that, I thought Kyogo looked much sharper today than what he did on Tuesday night against Leipzig. Um, he seemed to come on with a bit between his teeth. Again, showing you what genuine competition does if he's sitting there seeing Giacomacchus banging the goals in. You know, I, th- I think we should maybe be starting more with, with Giacomacchus more regularly than, than we do in games. Um, however, Kyogo punished for the, the less seen... Um, slight nudge off the ball to move into position mm. and by Stephen McLean he managed to see something that um, he wouldn't actually have been looking at at the time so quite a talent that um, uh, that we can also go into another one while I'm talking about it I may as well um, Bernabé punished for um, beating two players that is a first Aye. that's an absolute first I've, n- I've never seen that before I've never seen he, something punished for um, knocking the ball between two players and running past them even to the point that it threw anger from Ange Yes. As a referee, and you never see that. So I think he's finally cracked, and you know, he knows what it's all about now. Basically, we the, the right, hey, we've got him, guys. Um, basically, the right back lies down in front and, and, and tries to block Bernabe. Bernabe just glides around the other side of him. He's got the ball at the touchline, and he crosses in. McLean pulls it back for a foul out. Outrageous, man. I think in a game where Celtic won 6-1, now is the very time to complain yes. about poor refereeing if you're Celtic. Yes. Any other time it's sour grapes and, you know, may or may not be the case. But when you've comfortably won, but you've still got a gripe against the referee, whether they, they do it privately, I don't know how these things are, are handled, if you need to declare it on your socials, or if Celtic can just go behind the scenes, contact Crawford Allen or whoever heads up the shop there and say, right, this is unacceptable and here's half a dozen examples from, from this game alone to prove why this level of, of refereeing needs to be improved upon. The, the, the thing for me is just the, the raging inconsistency of it. I mean, some of the things that he lets lead the day and, he, he, you know, there's been no cards, no nothing, 
mainly to the detriment of Celtic, but there were some for Hibs as well that I thought Hibs, Hibs didn't get. For O'Reilly, O'Reilly's then been booked for, you know, he stopped a counter-attack. That's fine. Okay, so you've set your precedent there. Hibs then proceed to, to break up our play through niggly fouls on, on a regular basis with, with no cards. And you're, so you're saying it's, it's all right for Hibs to do it, but it's not all right for Celtic to do it. Okay, fine. Then the fouls that we get given against us become even more minuscule to the point where you've won 6-1. The referee actually get booed going off the party, even though we'd won 6-1. Mm. The first thing was yeah. to boo, boo McLean because it, it, there had been three decisions in the last like, two minutes. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it's no big, some big grand conspiracy. I'm just talking about a really poor referee, a really poor referee, um, completely out of his depth, unable to handle the, the, the situation. That That's all that was to, to me. Um, I've, I've never seen two, two of those decisions. I've never seen anything like it. I've seen poor refereeing. I've never seen the one with Kyogo. He's, he's up against Bashiri. Bashiri's, like James rightly points out, Bashiri's done Kyogo a, a couple of times. He's been grabbing him, pulling him, etc. The, the merest of touches back for Kyogo. Kyogo then himself tried to use muscle results and, and a foul being given, which was ridiculous. Um, and, and then the Burnaby one. That just really took the biscuit for me, you know. And as you rightly say, Ange, Ange finally reacting to some of the atrocious referee we get here, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Tino, you might not have caught that one in the highlights package. I'd imagine you wouldn't. Basically, we're attacking. Um, might have been Bernabe in the ball actually, because it was come down the left, but maybe maybe either. Um, we're attacking, and Kyogo goes he's back to goal uh, with Bashiri beside him, and there's a wee bit of kind of bouncing back and forth, just as the Celtic players about to cross it, McLean blows up for a foul to Rocky Bashiri that Kyogo had been fouling Bashiri rather than the other way around or even just saying that's six one half a dozen the other and let the, the attack you know commence kind of thing. I've never seen an, an attack stopped because a five foot four striker is beating up a six foot four defender. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the type of one that a defender gets away with all the time in terms of he just having contact. That's what it was. He's almost kind of went into Bashiri and bounced off him to go to, to create a yard to be able to go at the ball. And um, it, it, it honestly, absolutely mind but There was loads of decisions today. I, th- I thought if, if you go back and you watch Stevie's 90 minutes, you'll be, you'll be entertained if nothing else. Yeah, if you think that's bad, lads, wait until next week when the the old VAR makes its debut in Scottish football. Oh, that oh, That has got to be an absolute riot. Yeah. It, it it doesn't need to be. Um, I'll maybe come on to this if we're on the show on Monday, but I thought um, Maxwell, Ian Maxwell, should have been fired on the spot this week for saying, hey guys, it's going to be three months of a shit show. Enjoy. Do you know what I mean? Embarrassing. It's like, what have you, what, what you been doing for the last six months then? What kind yeah. of CEO launches a product and says it's going to be a disaster when you've had six yeah. months training and prepping? It's almost like he's given these guys permission to get it wrong for, for a few months. So are they allowed to get it so wrong that it fundamentally changes the outcome of, of this season's league title, for example? And listen, it might have a, a real bearing on people fighting at the, the other end of the table for relegation. So it's terrifying what Scottish football could do with VAR. So we'll just need to see how that plays out. But listen, don't worry. I've seen some of the promo videos and Andrew Dallas has got it in hand. He's front and centre. So no. we're good to go, lads. That, that was that was my point. They, they showed you one of the guys at the terminals, Miff. And he goes, So Andrew here's gonna just you know show us it. And I went, and, uh, Andrew Andrew Dallas. <laughs> so that's where he that's where he's been hiding the last 18 months. Oh. Yeah. So 
we can't dwell any longer on that, lads. We'll maybe get into it in a bit more detail on Monday's show. But to round off this one, um, James, it's Dyson Maeda. He's a guy who who was in desperate need of a goal. And he's tucked one away nicely just in the 89th minute. Again, it's good play by Moy. He's fine finds himself under no real pressure on the edge of the box, but he's clipped a very nice ball into the path of Maeda and he looked more relieved than anything to see it hit the back of the net. That's exactly what Maeda needed. You know, he needed a bit of a rest, which he got in the first half. Um, and if he was going to come on, he needed to have some decent attacking um, play around him, which I thought he did have. It'd be a bit frustrating things as well. But then he got his goal and that's the big thing he needed. Um, and it was great, you know, that... Everyone again, like Forrest, everyone in the stadium was absolutely delighted for him. We know he's frustrated these last few weeks, but the the backup and the support is really there for him, you know. Um, so, aye, just delighted for the wee man. Yeah, definitely. So, Muff, as we start to wrap this one up, if you can give us your man of the match from today, as well as your final thoughts. Uh, man of the match, uh, my man of the match would be James Forrest, although I think it would I would really have to mention and I know it might be odd in a 6-1 victory, but Cameron Carter-Vickers was absolutely outstanding today. Outstanding. Um, but James Forrest for his hat-trick, brilliant to see James back in. A real, real enjoyable day for us, uh, James Forrest advocates. Very good. And yourself, James? I need to see James Forrest, don't I? <laughs> if you're an honest man. He's got to be Forrest, aye. Of course, but I, I take my point... Um, we just see that common influence that Carl Vickers brings and it brings out the best in Jens as well. Said that a few times, I think we'll finish the season with Carl Vickers and Jens as our, as our pairing. Um, I thought Jens had a, a great game himself. You know, brings the ball out well, breaks lines well, starts attacks. You know, you referenced it earlier on there. So, our sticky patch coincided with Carl Vickers being out and he's back. So, keep him fit and we'll be looking to get into the kind of the break for the World Cup and, and good fettle. Yeah, and it's also pleasing where you can go and have a, a display like that today. You win 6-1, you're without your captain, Callum McGregor, you're without Jota, Starfelt, Stephen Welsh, David Turnbull, various changes in the squad, and there's a bundle of guys competing for the man of the match. So really, really encouraging, pleasing to see. And you know what? It's been a long time coming for Celtic and Glad to see them finally rack up the goals. So Celtic finally get the goals they've been threatening for a few weeks today and now sit five points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership table. Next up, it's Motherwell on Wednesday night's League Cup quarterfinal. So we'll have our pre-match show for that on Tuesday night. And before that, subscribers will also get access to our weekly show, which we'll release on Monday night. But in the meantime, thanks to Miff and James for joining me here today. And as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. We'll see you again very soon. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.